Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. (laughs) Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! (laughs) Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission, to harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms, to dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership, saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks so much for joining us, and happy Friday, friends. Happy Friday. Happy almost Christmas, if that's a thing you do. Uh, Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And the thing I'll miss most about all these Star Wars films is the healthy internet online discourse that we go through for the course of weeks and months and years. Because all of it's healthy and wonderful and positive. I'm Brian Truitt. I watch movies, and I don't think I'm going to miss anything for a while. Maybe some memes. Not not the discourse. It's all Mando for the memes now. Yeah, that's true. I'm all in on Mando. (laughs) Team Mando. I'm Kelly Lawler. I watch television, and what I will miss most about the Skywalker saga is movies being important enough for my husband to take off work and come see them with me at screenings. There, there's got to be something else down the line. There's Marvel movies. Yeah. Don't he did Endgame. He did I mean, do there's Endgame. no Marvel movies next year for that. Yeah. But, you know. Don't give up hope. Maybe. Essentially, like, it's got to be something that his boss is as excited about. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. If this is your first time listening, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts, we would personally love it if you could write a quick review about the show, because by doing that... You help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a thank you, we give you a very special shout out on the next episode. Speaking of special shout outs, a super special shout out to one Sean J8, who left us a very lovely five star review on Apple Podcasts. He says, Kelly, Brian and Brett are some of the best entertainment reporters in the business. And this podcast shows why they're to the point and unbiased about all things pop culture related. USA Today is the gold standard for reporting, and I'm glad they have these guys covering cool stuff to keep our minds off the reality we live in now. Sean, you are wonderful. Thank you so much. Mom. Mom, is that you? <laughs> are we sure? Sean is actually Brian's cousin. I mean, uh, we hired him. Yeah. So What up? Or, Sean, do you want to be my mom, maybe? <laughs> See you at Christmas, man. <laughs> Sean, thank you. You're wonderful. We appreciate it. See, this is what happens. Try it out. Tell us what you want from the show moving forward. Send us your feedback. You will get invited to our Christmas. See? Exactly. You'll get requests for adoption like Kelly just did. Um, it's all upside for you. Everybody wins. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod. Or you can email us to MothershipPod at USAToday.com. On to the main topic. Here's a clip. My boy. 
voice you have ever heard inside your head. That was from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the latest and theoretically last film in the Star Wars Skywalker saga, the one that began 42 years ago with the original Star Wars film. I can't believe we're finally here. The film has had a slightly rocky road to the screen. It was directed by J.J. Abrams only after the originally hired director, Colin Trevorrow of Jurassic World, left the project. It stars the young crew of the new trilogy, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, and Adam Driver, as well as Carrie Fisher as Leia using unused footage of her and some digital force manipulation. Coming back, though, Billy D. Williams, who's here as Lando Calrissian, and we get some new characters, too, including Carrie Russell as Zori, Naomi Ackie as Janna, and Richard E. Grant as a First Order General. There is also some cackling you may have noticed in the trailer from one Emperor Palpatine, the great Ian McDermott. Uh, the movie picks up not long after The Last Jedi ended with Kylo Ren as Supreme Leader of the First Order, Luke's death and the Resistance in tatters, uh, Brian and Kelly have seen the movie. This is how we're going to do it. So this week is the non-spoiler episode. So if you want just kind of a little bit of a sense of is the movie good or bad, then you can listen to this. Uh, next week we are going where, Brian? Spoiler Town. Yes, we're going to talk about everything. So next week, Spoiler Town, we will talk about every single thing that happens in the movie. This week we're just going to focus on kind of high level, did we like it, not like it, kind of that stuff. If you don't want to know a single thing about the movie heading in, just download these episodes on your phone, go to the theater, watch the movie, and then you can come back and listen to both. So starting right now, here we go. Um, so before we dig into whether you two liked it or not, Brian, kind of set us up. What's going on? Where are we at as far as what this movie's about? So the last time we met everybody was at the end of The Last Jedi when, when Luke sacrificed him, himself to... To let you know, the resistance is pretty much in tatters. So he sacrifices himself so they can get away from a first order attack, so they can try to find allies. You know, because there's, I mean, just a few people left after after just all the blitz blitzing that's been done in Last Jedi. So this this movie picks up where they're still trying to get allies together, supplies, whatnot. Like you mentioned, Emperor's back, the dead speak. Um and that's significant. That's significant. I not kind of spoiler, not really. No, no I don't think really. that's a spoiler. No. I've already seen that in other yeah. reviews. Yeah. Um, I didn't put it in mind though. But yeah, he's back for reasons, and he's not a good guy. You know, as we've seen in the other two trilogies, he's doing things. The resistance knows that when he's back, that's not good because they already have they already have problems with the first order kicking their ass all, like all over the galaxy. So they have to figure out some stuff. And they have to go on adventures to figure out some stuff. There is a lot and of tap it. dancing you're doing <laughs> that's right all now. I can tell, I that's <laughs> all I can tell you. And there's some lightsaber battles. There's some starship battles. There are some blaster battles. Yeah, yeah there's some callbacks. Enough where I think I might as well call this Star Wars Attack of the Callbacks. Oh my god, true. Snap. Yes. Which we'll get into because there is much snaps to be had. Yeah, let's let's dig into it now. Kelly, what were your overall thoughts of Rise of Skywalker? You know how like your parents will say, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed? Oh no. I'm mad and I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh, double no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really like that mad, but I felt pretty hollow after I watched the film. Um, as the credits were going, they're just 
wasn't a lot that I connected with while watching this. Overall, it was very overstuffed. It was very messy. Um, and it kind of felt like the film was fighting with itself the whole time. And I have a lot of theories about why that was and can talk slightly more specifics. But I think our uh, fine movie critic also needs to weigh in. I think the problem is they don't know what the f*** they're doing. I felt like how I felt after Phantom Menace. It was just like, what the f*** was that? There was parts of it I liked. and Probably more of it I liked than not. But it like... There was a lot of stuff that didn't make any sense. And then there was like logic problems. And then like just some just some straight up scenes. I'm like, that's no. And and it just there's a, it didn't like work together as a as a whole. I mean, like Return of the Jedi, it ended something. This is what I thought was gonna be like, okay, well, this is gonna end something. No. I mean, it just kind of like half-assed it a little bit. And like tried tried so hard to like bring together all these nine movies, and it can't even bring the fir- the three together. That's that what I was thinking. Like, I felt that there was nothing in it that really spoke to the nine movies, and then also there was nothing in it that spoke to these three movies. It was trying so hard to do everything. It didn't even do the the smaller task of making it its own trilogy and say what you will about the prequels and i like them more than most but revenge of the sith said a lot more about the prequel trilogy than this said about the new trilogy or whatever we're calling it right seven was it introduced a lot of these great new characters but it kind of set it was like it went off the template of a new hope mm-hmm. original 1977 star wars movie which now i'm saying a new hope and i hate myself because i never thought i would do that but whatever so it took that template which it should have I mean, you're int- reintroducing why Star Wars is magical to another generation. It totally makes sense to use kind of the same template, have kind of a Death Star, have kind of a trio of heroes. You know, it all makes sense. So then they go and hire Ryan Johnson to do this thing, The Last Jedi, this middle chapter, which is supposed to be kind of the Empire Strikes Back. And it kind of is in a lot of ways. Clearly one of the most divisive, it seems like. Yeah. But, I feel like it's less divisive than we all think it is, though. Yes, that's true. It yeah. is. But well, going back to my point, so it it takes a lot of nostalgia and kind of subverts it a little, a little not a whole lot, but enough where it pisses everybody off. And so it it makes some interesting choices. I don't love it. There's parts of it I don't I don't like. But overall, it's a really good, well made film. It just makes some story choices I don't love. So then this third movie pretty much ignores that movie. It takes some stuff that it likes and then removes other stuff that it doesn't like. But then it was almost like it's almost kind of like a direct sequel to The Force Awakens. Yeah. And then like inserts a lot of other nonsense from the previous movies that like come out of nowhere. Like bringing back the Emperor is is an interesting idea because he's supposed to be the ultimate big bad of ever, ever, of this whole universe. But like you've just, you've said nothing about him in the last two movies, and all of a sudden now pfft, he's back, and then so you go through all this movie and he's being dealt with. There's a lot of things that like you know cameos and and again callbacks, you know, you know make rights and and just a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it doesn't really make sense within itself, but as the three movies, like none of them make any sense. So. I have to ask this question because you mentioned that it kind of seems like this movie almost kind of ignored what happened in The Last Jedi. How much do you think all this discourse around The Last Jedi 
influenced, if at all, what this movie was going to look like. It's not a troll problem. It's it's JJ didn't want didn't want JJ didn't do episode eight, but he wanted to do things his own way. And I'm you know we'll talk more about it next week, but I think there's things that like the stars have talked about that didn't like about Last Jedi that got fixed here. And I think JJ wanted to do his own thing. I don't think, you know, I think it's, you know, there's a lot of people hated Last Jedi for all a number of reasons, but I I don't think they, I don't think anybody listens to the fans. I think, I think they, I think JJ wanted to do the episode nine kind of episode eight that he wanted to do. And he was going to do it no matter what. I mean, yeah. Timeline-wise, it's hard to to know exactly if they're, like, quote-unquote listening to the trolls. Although, I am of the cynical opinion that maybe they were. But regardless of whether or not that was the intent, the trolls will be happy. And the one thing we absolutely can talk about is that Rose Tycho, played by Kelly Marie Tran, is completely sidelined in this movie. And she was absolutely loathed by racist, sexist trolls who chased her off the internet. And she was one of the most interesting parts of The Last Jedi for me. And what she does in this movie could have been done by a nameless character. It was like, you know, they have Billy Lord in there with like very little to do to like be a... uh, Billy Lord is Carrie Fisher's daughter to sort of be a callback to Leia. And they could have just doubled Billy Lord's lines and written Rose entirely out of the movie and everything would have been the same. Yeah, again, I don't think it's a troll problem. I think think J.J. probably didn't like that character. And I and, and I mean Colin Trevorrow was supposed to have done this movie and he got fired because of creative vision issues. Here's the thing. There's creative vision issues are a big problem in this franchise right now. Look back, okay. The one the thing it had going for it were Force Awakens and Last Jedi were well received mostly and made a lot of money. Look at Rogue One. Rogue One was some kind of like crazy spinoff that that it wasn't as divisive but like people didn't love it as much as like other star wars movies i didn't love it as much as other star wars movies because it didn't feel like a star wars movie it felt more like it was a war movie but didn't feel like a star wars movie then we had solo which like fired its directors what three weeks before you know it was it, it stopped production and had to redo the whole movie again yeah it's when so they brought they in look, ron howard yeah yeah i like that movie a lot because it's fun but I think I think, you know, those two things were kind of set aside because oh well, they're not the they're not the saga. They're spinoffs that were no, they're they're actually symptomatic of the problem. There's not George Lucas. There's no even Kevin Feige from Marvel. You know, there's not one person who's saying who's putting all the dots together. There's a whole bunch of people who are probably making decisions and like, you know, depending on who's who's steering the franchise at the time. Is where it goes. Too many captains. Yeah, too way too many captains. There are way too many captains, and there's no real source material to build off of. So I think Kevin Feige does a lot of great stuff on Marvel, but they also have the advantage of the comic books existing. And the movies are not carbon copies of the comic books, and that's good in a lot of ways. But there's this treasure trove of ideas and uh, a do list and a do not do list and all you know things they've tried in the comics, and they can see whether or not those things have succeeded. It is really, really hard to come up with on-screen, original, high-fantasy, epic sci-fi. 
there's just a reason that most of the movies that we think of in those genres are based off of books. Because coming up with a very complex story in a very complex world and doing all of the administrative tasks that come with a movie is harder than doing it just you and the page on a book. And I think Star Wars has really suffered because they didn't have a roadmap of any kind, whether to lightly reference to, not reference to at all, or to completely embrace. Like, so the fact that they threw out the expanded universe... I think was one of the biggest mistakes they've made since Disney bought Star Wars because there was so much great storytelling in there that, that was, was so convoluted though. It I was mean, really they convoluted. They wouldn't have they... made. They, I mean, I don't. I don't think that would have helped. Well, to be fair though, comic books are beyond convoluted. You could. Oh yeah, well that's, picked, that's true too. You could have yeah. picked. You could have picked ideas from all of those stories and still done some good stuff with it. So the problem goes goes back. You look at Rise of Skywalker two ways. So it it makes Avengers Endgame look fan like even more impressive than it already is because it pretty much does everything you know in terms of like callbacks and set you know and and referring back to things and moving things forward and tying everything together just you know it looks even more impressive after you watch this because it's just like well this just couldn't do it couldn't stick the landing at all and you know and these people are like fantastic there's that and then there's also the fact of like now george lucas like even even looks even more like a genius because you know, he he really came up with all of this stuff. And like, what would his seven through nine look like? It probably would have made more sense. But the problem was that like, he got a bad rap because the prequels, because he directed himself. And I think that was his biggest problem. He had no editor. If he was just the creative mind and like people were like, okay, George, I'm going to go direct it. I'm going to go, you know, add something to the script. And like he had... Irvin Kershner and Richard Marquand from like the original trilogy doing those other two films. I think the prequels could have been better. I think, you know, you know, I would have loved to seen George Lucas as seven through nine, because I think that would have been really, really interesting. You know, George Lucas has, um, they exist somewhere. Yeah. Well, I was just about to say he had a hand in the Clone Wars animated series, which is really, really good. Yeah. I think that episode seven force awakens really made, you know, it's just like JJ Abrams did seem like the kind of the wonderkind who could like, be that next George Lucas to bring everything forward. But I don't I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's the fact that like episode eight got to be its own thing. Episode eight doesn't tie into anything of the previous seven films. It's it's almost like its own standalone thing. I love it so that much. I, I I don't because because it's just like it is kind of supposed to be part of this, you know, other thing. I do love the creativity involved and I do love kind of like certain choices it takes the things from force awakens it just goes we're gonna go somewhere else and so then you're it's hard i guess it's hard for them to get back to bring it back to episode nine then then someone shouldn't let him do that i mean so what it makes me think of is uh harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban which was directed by alfonso cuaron and it came after the first two harry potter movies were directed by chris columbus who is a great director but he is they were very bland. They were kids' movies. They were direct page-to-screen adaptations. And then Quarren comes in with his horror background and turns Prisoner of Azkaban into this dark, moody art film that's, like, really taking all the subtext about puberty and putting it right there as as text. 
Um, and it's a movie that I really didn't like when I was a child when it came out. And then as an adult, going back to it, I see how skilled it was. And it's the best Harry Potter movie. And what I didn't like about it when I was a kid was that it didn't feel like the other Harry Potter movies. And the movie's course correct back to a slightly blander, more straightforward directing style um, from The Order of the Phoenix onward. David Yates is the director who does it. And he has a, a slightly more stylistic take than Christopher Columbus. But he also is very much in line with what J.K. Rowling is kind of dishing out. And so I see The Last Jedi as that it's taking something that I love and it's doing something really new and different with it. And I really appreciate that. And that's what I wanted from more Star Wars when I was really satisfied with what I already had. Like I had those six movies and they were good. And bringing it back, I felt like it had to push the envelope and do something that I wasn't expecting. And The Force Awakens was really fun and it felt really good. And it was like eating some really nice dessert that I know I really love. I I love pumpkin pie. I have it every year at Thanksgiving. And that's what The Force Awakens was. And then... The Last Jedi was like going out to a Michelin star restaurant and trying something that had smoke coming out of it for dessert and like discovering how cool it was. It was nothing like pumpkin pie, but it was really awesome. And I was wowed by it. And I think about the scene in Snoke's throne room when Rey and Kylo Ren are fighting his guards. And I think about how much I felt that scene like in my body. And there is just nothing that comes close to that level of artistry in Rise of Skywalker. And that's where I felt like the most disappointed is that there is just a real lack of ambition and also just some like fundamental screenwriting flaws. There were like 20 acts in this movie. Like a real movie should have three to five acts maximum. Yeah, it's it's the open the first 20, 30 minutes are just. It's dizzying. And the character development is like super rushed. And I did feel like that this movie was meant to be Leia's movie. And they were really hamstrung by Carrie Fisher's death. And like that, you know, you can completely understand it. But I noticed every scene with her was a little artificial. I could see how they wrote around the dialogue they already had with her. I could tell when it was a, an an actress with a similar body type and the same hair shot from behind and the scenes with her that were meant to be emotional ring so false and fake to me and I just that's not how I wanted to see her go out and I understand there was very There's little they could do, do, about, it. do yeah. about that but it did inevitably make the movie a little worse well that's the problem because you know without spoiling anything she play I mean it's not like she's she's killed off like in a starship strike in like the first five minutes no she is important through most of this movie. She has to be important through most of this movie because she's integral to things happening. And it's just like, how do you do that when, you know, all you're left with is some unused footage? And it's just like, I mean, I, there's there's nothing really. I mean, if I guess they felt they had to stay that course in terms of what they needed to do to get to the end. But it's just like, you know, it's not going to be perfect. You can see the patchwork. So what's the stuff from Rise of Skywalker that you liked? I spent like 40 years with this stupid thing. So there's like, you know, when certain people come back, you're like, okay, you got me. Just as a fan, I think there's a lot of things. If you spend enough time with this stuff, you're like, it's like comfort food. There's great new characters. I think Carrie Russell's Zori Bliss is, you know, is, is cool because... 
you know, she's got a she's got a cool helmet and she's got blasters and I mean she's very Star Warsy, but then she also brings out parts of Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron that like we haven't seen before. And they have a really kind of cool vibe together. And that, you know, in their in their like kind of few scenes together, it's just like the movie turned into something kind of real and emotional. And you're like, okay, well, I, I like this movie. And then it moves on to something else. And then and then Babu Frick is this kind of like little uh. this little handyman guy who does some stuff to see 3 po which we can't talk about. And He's like the size of a hamster. Yeah, and he's like he's like Baby Yoda 2.0. He's one of those memorable alien characters in the Star Wars world. But he's he's fleeting too. And then Janna, who's the the horse riding, you know, kind of warrior character that they meet in in a place where we can't talk about yet. And she shares a common ground with Finn, Jump Boyega's character. And again, their moments together kind of bring out parts of, of Finn we have not seen before. Mm-hmm. But we spend like two minutes with that and then we got to go back to something else. So, you know, you insert these kind of really cool characters at literally the 11th hour of a, of a story. And they are not the important people at all, but they're interesting and you want to see more of them. But you cannot because we got a space battle to get to like, you know, five minutes ago. That's a shame. And I think there's the actors themselves had a problem with Last Jedi in terms of they got separated. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Mm. Empire, like every well, that, other well, that's Star the thing. Wars that is movie. the thing. Empire, yes. Imp- well, that's that's the thing. It's just like Empire Strikes Back did the exact same thing. Then they did get back together for, you know, most of the, the, the final act. But you know, I, I guess even the prequels, they were sep- there was separation too. I just have an issue with. Have a... <sighs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I just that 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 bugged me. Well, but I mean, I get it though. Honestly, I get it because coming off the Force Awakens, that was one of the best things about him was when there's like Finn and Poe together or Finn and and Ray together. I miss that too watching Last Jedi. But it's just like Empire Strikes Back. I guess, I guess for me, they did enough. The solo missions were 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 important enough that that they made sense and for last Jedi, i guess i guess when i first watched it, it it's gotten better since but the, when i first saw it i i was just like i did really miss them together they didn't really feel like the same apart and in this they did you know you but you get why they're such a good group because you know that's the most fun this movie is and when it's there out on adventures and dealing with like first order goons or having like escape escape one more you know kind of like trap or something those three things kind of worked but it was like a lot of the other stuff it left me like bamboozled or something i mean i take a lot of issue with actors saying that because they didn't get to hang out with their friends the last jedi was a bad movie which is essentially the kind of the theme of a lot of those interviews that they talked about but also it also completely leaves out the fact that jj is the one who scattered them jj sent ray to luke and also uh, Ryan was... Johnson put Finn on the adventure with Rose, but Finn was in a coma yep. when the Force Awakens ends. So they were like the three of them completely separated. So that really bothered me <laughs> that those people are, are, you know, sort of trashing a movie that they were a part of and a creator who can't really defend himself. I don't know if they're really trashing it. I mean, I think I think what they're saying is, you know, and, and I, I talked to John Boyega. Boyega said he did not like his character that much in Last Jedi because it didn't develop him enough from the first film. And I, I have to agree with him. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that, you know, he was on his own solo adventure with Rose that was much more about them 
as it was about like this theme of like the downtrodden of the universe and everything. It wasn't really about the characters. It was more about kind of like a bigger theme. And honestly, I could like agree with him a little bit. Yeah, but I will say that there is an opportunity to develop Finn in Rise of Skywalker that is intentionally left undeveloped. There is sort of a question raised in some of the earliest scenes that is never answered. And so I don't really understand what the point was. They, they rush into giving a relationship to Rey and Poe, who actually only met at the end of The Last Jedi. And then they, they, they JJ, um, really puts an emphasis on them as a trio that I felt didn't feel emotionally realistic because we didn't get to spend enough time with them as a trio to really see like Rey and Poe as, you know, the other link in the triangle. But uh, one of the things that Rise of Skywalker does is it makes it feel like the, you know, it hasn't been like right after. It feels like there's been like probably a few months where they have like a banter about Ray and Poe have a very kind of like Han and Leia vibe at, at, at certain points of just like, you know, he banter, you know, not, not, not romantic. Like, yeah, not well, kind of, mm-hmm. eh, a little Well, we get, we'll talk about that yes. next week. But yeah, but it's a very much kind of like, you know, kind of like, uh, it's it's a it's a playful tussle between them because he doesn't like you know what she's doing he doesn't like she doesn't like what he's doing you know kind of like there's there's a there's a playfulness to them um and so but I think they kind of sell that better at the beginning of this movie but then you know kind of like stuff happens and so as far as um you know some of the appearances go obviously Billy D Williams is back yep was Lando. Did he have any meaningful part in all this? Was he just there yes. just for the nostalgia play? What was a little bit of both? I think a little bit of both. I think what he brought in terms of representing the older films felt more natural than some of the other callbacks in terms of sort of the thematic elements he was able to bring in. And Billy D. Williams slipped right back into it. He's great. Yeah. And I almost think that he could have had a bigger role to supplement where they lost Carrie Fisher. I feel like that was a slightly missed opportunity for them. Like, they can't recast Leia. They can't digitally recreate her more than they already did. But they could have had Lando embrace her. I kind of want him on Disney Plus so they can do the adventures of Lando and Mando. I mean, I just want him and Carl Weathers to get together, man. That would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'd definitely watch that. I mean, I I think that would have been better, too. But stuff made that not happen. So would you say this is a satisfying end to this Skywalker saga? Nope. Nah. Wow. Scale of one to ten. Obviously, it's not a ten, but one being this is absolutely the worst. Not how I wanted this to end. How would you rate this? I mean, it's still better than all the prequels. I'd go. I know she's going to disagree. With yeah. Me, but well, I, think, I mean, but I like the prequels. More yeah. Than everyone. I, yeah. They're not that good. Um, I think I think it's probably like a six. Kelly. Um, I don't know. Four or five. I mean. There was stuff I I liked about it, and the cast didn't stop being really well cast and really good actors. The visuals didn't stop being very cool. They didn't stop using lightsabers. I guess part of me can't stop thinking about the fact that this is driven less by artistry and more by capitalism. So I I think of it in terms of the endings that we could have gotten in a realistic Disney-owned world. But it's not what I would have wanted if... George Lucas had did it, or if Disney was interested in pushing the envelope as much as it used to, 
you know, there were times when Disney movies were some of the most innovative and strange things out there. Think about WALL-E, you know, and you go back further and think about how innovative their whole concept was of Snow White all the way back to like doing animated as a feature film. And that's not where we are now. And so I I kind of want it to be the end because I don't really want to see this watered down anymore. It needs to be the end. End it. Strike it down if you have to. But then it will rise more powerful than ever before. Yeah, I know. But I'm done. I'm I'm seriously done. I know they have to do something else with Star Wars because it's too much of a cash cow. But I think you have all this stuff and you can't even end a nine-episode arc. Then just stop. You know, then just just have Disney Plus shows because that is what you can do, apparently. You can do that. But, you know, you can't put together a movie. So. I want a Babu Frick doll, though. <laughs> Screw Baby Yoda. Figures of him. Hey. No, I want one I can hug, please. <laughs> um, okay, well, we're going to save the big picture stuff for next week and get more into that. But listeners, your turn. Have you seen The Rise of Skywalker yet? What did you think? Is the Skywalker saga really over? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us directly. I'm at BrettMolina23. Matt Brian Truitt. And I'm at KLLS, K-L-A-W-L-S. And don't forget, you can email us, too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. That will wrap it up this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producers of The Mothership, Shannon Green and Natalie Boyd. If you like the pod and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, how about leave us a rating or a review like our good listener, Sean. Thank you. Helps other people find the pod, and we love the feedback. Um, if Apple Podcasts is in your jam, you can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't forget next week, full-on spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker, and we're going to talk a lot about future of Star Wars, too. Until then, nerds out. Later. Happy holidays.